0: listening to this podcast. There's a new book coming out that you have to read. It's a summer of family, friendship, and fun fiascos in this semi-autobiographical novel that's as irresistible as a fresh-baked cookie. Cookies and Milk is the debut from blues musician Sean Amos. Partially based on his experiences growing up the son of Wally, famous Amos, it's packed with humor, heart, fun, illustrations, and sings with the joy of self-discovery, unconditional love, and belonging. Available May 24th at Booksellers Everywhere from Little Brown Books for Young Readers.
1: Pre-order today. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Tattered Tales. I'm Joe Wakefield your tour guide on this exploration of fantastic anthology. Tonight's episode, My Story Will Be Told, finds us in a strange land of otherworldly tribesmen, warriors, and ferocious beasts. I hope you've packed a weapon. Enjoy.
0: I found my purpose. My whole life, I've been wondering where my place is among the tribe among my people. I just wish it wasn't at such great cost. My name is Slip Mins, and this is my story. You see, the world that I live in is a dangerous one. Beasts and giants lurk everywhere. Some of them hunt at night, like the great would go to. It's said that that monster comes from out of the sky like a shadow demon, crossing into the mortal plane. There are even tales of it being able to turn its head 360 degrees in order to find you with its night vision eyes. But those are just stories, you know? Kid stuff. I've personally never seen one. But the tribe elders insist on its existence. The Rogoto aside, monsters are very real. Despite the fact we haven't had one in these parts for generations, a Zenorp has made its way into our territory. A fearsome creature with razor-sharp claws and The ability to jump ten times the height even our best hunters can achieve. It's covered in fur and has... Sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. I want to tell you more about my world. The first thing you have to understand is, we are far from the rulers of this planet. We don't conquer, we survive. I sometimes wonder what we could achieve if we didn't face such surmountable circumstances. No matter. We are who we are. And I love my people. I love my tribe. I love my family. I love my children. I'm a scrapper. Or a scavenger, whichever definition you prefer. It's my job to leave the safety of Dead Cave and head out into the wilds to bring back food or any other useful materials I can find. You see, we don't create things. We use what has already been created. Tools, building supplies, you get the gist. But I've always known I was meant for something greater. I just had no idea what it was. Until now. This idea first struck me when I was an adolescent. I was out in the wild with my Uncle Nurep during one of my first learning retreats. Everything was going fine at first until suddenly the ground began to shake. It was like an earthquake, only the tremors were coming in the rhythm of a heartbeat. Boom. 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 It's then that I first laid eyes on a giant. It was the strangest, most magnificent sight I had ever seen. If everyone in my tribe stood on each other's shoulders, they may not even match the towering god moseying past us like a force of pure nature. I hesitate to call the giants gods, but that's what they are. We have no idea how long they live or even if they can die. The giant I saw that day may very well be the same one my great-great-great-grandfather saw in his time. At the very least, the giants possess the powers of a god. They don't seem to need to obey the laws of nature. No. Nature bows to them. They can bring floods when the sun is still shining. They can mow down entire valleys. They can move the earth, creating new hills and canyons, simply because they want to. Perhaps there's some other divine reason. Honestly, who knows? They probably look at my people like vermin. If they pay attention to us at all. Sorry. Sorry. My wife told me I needed to quit being so much of a cynic. To be honest, I'm not sure how she's made it this long being the optimist. Anyway, where was I? Right. So how is it we coexist in this crazy world with a bunch of monsters and giant gods? Well, we hide. There's definitely a lot of hiding going on. I'm not a big fan of that. But there you have it. The truth is, my tribe is luckier than most. We have a home, shelter, a wonderful place to settle. Dead cave. We call it that because it's an artificial structure made from dead plant matter. The gods created it long ago for some unknown reason. Luckily, they hardly ever roam into Dead Cave. Might only be five or six times in a lifetime. I've only seen it happen three times myself. I always assumed the gods originally created this place to be a home or shelter from the elements. I've had a lot of debates with the elders about this. They claim it makes no sense that the Giants would move on, considering Dead Cave is still a perfectly suitable superstructure. Only my tribe lives here, but there's room for dozens more. My argument has always been that the Giants do live in a much larger and ornate structure, also made from the trunk of a giant granite plant. Only half a day's journey west! We've never come to a consensus. I assume until one of us comes up with some solid proof, it'll continue to be labeled a mystery. This inquisitive tendency of mine is part of what sets me aside from the rest of the tribe. I question too much. Honestly, I'm not sure if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but I know it's a lonely thing. Do you know how it feels to never be comfortable among your own people? Or to feel unsatisfied with the state of the world you were born in? I'm telling you all of this because I don't want you to judge me for feeling exhilarated maybe even excited about my newfound purpose. The event that solidified my belief in destiny arrived like death itself just last night. My wife and I were getting ready for bed. The kids were already asleep when suddenly we heard screaming from one of the guards outside. I'm not sure what came over me. Instinctively, I ran outside to see if I could help. It was dark. At first, all I could see was the guard running straight for camp. He was just about to hit the border when he was torn back into the shadows by a fur covered claw. The beast the Xenorp. From that point on, everything happened like a lightning strike. All I could see was fur and blood as the Xenorp ripped through my home, destroying lodgings, communal areas, and... First of all, devouring my fellow tribesmen. The screams of my loved ones became an eclectic, cacophony of sound. So horrific, it was impossible to determine who was contributing to it. Although I am certain Grandmaster Mishnar is dead, I saw it with my own eyes. The Xenorp swept its long arm across the battlefield, impaling Mishnar through the midsection from his back. He was then pulled into the Xenorp's jaws, head first. No, 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 no! we No! 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 no. I remember in that moment praying that the beast would swallow him whole. But the Creator had other plans. That damned Xenort brought its mighty teeth down onto Grandmaster Mishnar's neck, severing it almost instantly. A mountain of blood rushes to flee the prison of life through the stump that sits upon that poor man's shoulders. You bastard! You bastard! Next thing I knew, I woke up. And it was dawn. I'm told I was found under a pile of rubble that used to be the home of Elder Jehario. It took them a few minutes to dig me out. I was just happy I didn't pass out from sheer fright. Unlike so many others, I walked away with only a bump on my head. The remaining elders proclaimed my survival a miracle. Perhaps I was chosen by the Creator to liberate our tribe from this formidable threat. I didn't have the heart to tell them the reason I survived had nothing to do with religion, but sheer luck. A long piece of metal fell in such a way that it didn't crush me while simultaneously creating a barrier protecting me from the other debris. A simple piece of metal. Then it hit me. This simple piece of metal is pure steel. I could easily use it as a spear to kill the Xenorp. This may not seem like a significant event to you, but as of yet, my people have been unable to master any form of metallurgy. To come across a spear of pure steel is unheard of. They're usually only found lodged deep in the walls of Dead Cave. No, this... This was more than luck. This spear was the answer. Maybe the Creator does have a plan for me. After some much needed rest, I headed off to face the beast and to claim my destiny as a great savior of my people. It didn't take me long to track it down. The foolish creature was lying out in the open on a bed of hay. I guess when you believe nothing can touch you, you get to enjoy the luxury of feeling safe. Safety security something none of my people have ever been able to enjoy that ends today i crawl towards the xenorp with my belly as low to the ground as possible in an attempt to remain undetected it would be impossible for me to take it down face to face not even my mighty spear would save me in that scenario but if i use the element of surprise i just might have a chance The beast's overconfidence will be its undoing. It will not expect my strike. I only pray I can do some damage before it realizes what's happening. I'm so close now. Only inches away. It's now or never. Without another second of hesitation, I drive my spear down right into the beast's back claw. All I feel is the resistance of dirt. I realize my mistake. Slip Mins, you missed! You've gone between the toes! Fool! Suddenly I'm launched sideways into the air. There's pain, but only blunt force pain. No lacerations, no blood has been drawn. I hit the ground with a skid. The pain is almost overwhelming, but I still managed to get to my feet. That's when the Zenorp and my eyes met. A mutual understanding became clear as we look on into oblivion. Only one of us is walking away from this. while the beast fights for himself, I fight for my family, my tribe, and the rest of my people beyond Dead Cave. Who knows? Today may even spawn a legend that future generations will use to inspire our people to stand together and create a better world for ourselves as the norp is about to attack. It crouches its head low while propping up its hindquarters. It's about to pounce. I quickly look around my surroundings, trying desperately to find my spear. It's lying on the ground nearby. I waste no more time. I dive for it and grab the spear. By the time I turn around, the sun has already been (sighs) blotted out by the enormous creature about to land on top of me. I point my spear up, driving the end into the ground for support. Suddenly, the creature smashes on top of me, impaling itself
1: in the process.
0: I don't get the chance to check myself for injuries before the Xenorff jumps off of me in pain. The monster squeals. It's stunned. Now is my chance. I grab my spear and run as fast as I can towards the creature. His claw rushes down on top of me, stabbing into my arm. My flesh is hooked as the creature lifts me up off of the ground. It begins to bring me toward its massive jaws. I have no idea what else to do, so I spit in the beast's eye defiantly. Next thing I know, I'm thrown to the ground while the Xenor tries to paw the bloody liquid from its face. Again, I look for my spear. It's lying nearby. I can reach it, but by the time I do, it becomes clear that I am no longer able to lift it with both my arms thing is simply too large to wield with one hand i look over to my dominant arm it's been torn to shreds even if i win the day the chance of dying from blood loss is too real suddenly it dawns on me a horrific idea one devised from both desperation and (laughs) lunacy if i can't hold the weapon then i will become... The weapon. I stick the end of the spear into the ground. Using yeah. my own body weight, I collapse onto it, driving it through my emaciated arm and partially out of my wrist. My flesh has now become the hilt for this holy weapon that will deliver my people from the Xenorp. The beast turns to me and screams. I scream back. Ah! We run towards each other. When we meet, it's clear the creature's plan is to devour me, but I will not go quietly into the night. I swiftly dodge a few of its attacks, but my luck does not hold out, and the monster finally catches me. As the norp bites down on my midsection, lifts me into the air, I can no longer feel my legs. I hear a loud crunching sound. My bones snap from inside the monster's mouth. If I'm going to die today, then I'm taking this thing with me. With all my might, I drive my spear on forward, puncturing the creature's eye. It screams, freeing my body from its jaws in the process. I now find myself dangling from the creature's face, being held there by my spear arm, still embedded in the monster's eye. suddenly thrown back and forth as the Xenorp shakes its head desperately trying to free the blade. With my left hand, I reach out and grab some fur from the creature's face. I pull myself in close while simultaneously driving my spear arm deeper into the skull of my enemy. The beast whips its head one final time. That's all it took. What remains of my mutilated arm ripped free, throwing me far from the Xenorp leaving the spear embedded in its head. a final death cry escapes the dying monstrosity. Finally, the Zanorp collapses to the ground, dead, and soon I will join him. There's only one thing left to do. With the last of my strength, I stumble in the direction of my home. I know I won't make it. But hopefully I can get close enough that someone will find me. Then I might be laid to rest properly. Despite my will to go on. I collapse only a few feet from my kill. <laughs> it looks like the gods have arrived to see me off way. It's kind of nice to get to look upon them one last time before I pass. As I close my eyes and begin to drift away, I can faintly hear the gods speaking in their strange and decipherable language. Soon, I will be gone. But it's okay. Because of me, my people will have peace for a time. I can die happy, knowing my story will be told. And I will not be forgotten. Ah, What happened to Snowball? Judy? Judy, what's wrong? Someone killed Snowball. Look, there's a nail in his eye. Sweet Jesus. Who would do this to a cat? (laughs) Uh, It's okay, honey. We'll get another kitty soon.
1: Wow. There are some
0: sick people living in this town. Oh, hell. I'm never going to get rid of these
1: rats. Written by Joe Wakefield. Featuring the vocal talents of Zach Canton as Slipman's. Michael J. Renda as Grandmaster Mishnar. Astrid Flack as Judy. Stephen Thrasher as Dad. Produced by Lizzie Anna Wakefield and Joe Wakefield. Directed by L.M. Fisher. Sound design by Luke Fisher. Tatter Tales is brought to you by Nagano Press Studios and Spooky Castle Productions. Thanks for listening. Yeah, nailed it.